Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM 860 The Answer and the Golf News Network. I'm JT and this is the show where we talk about the truly interesting people in the world of golf, the characters, curmudgeons, and carefree souls that uh, make this game interesting. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended for uh, making this show possible and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives, Unmatched Quality, Comfort, and Efficiency in your kitchen online at gunterwilhelm.com northwest golf guys they've been around my neck of the woods for a uh, number of years now and we've got travis Schoen with us today uh, travis was one of the creators the instigators whatever you want to call it from northwest golf guys travis welcome to the show welcome back i should say uh, yeah yeah thanks for having me appreciate it you've um you've taken this organization northwest golf guys from kind of uh I would say a uh, bunch of guys sitting around, maybe having a beer, talking about golf because you liked it so much into an actual business. And uh, before we get into today's topic, give us a little background on Northwest Golf Guys. Um, well, you, you kind of nailed on the head. So it started with me and 25 bodies and it was, uh, I always call it a happy accident. We were, uh, we, we put a little club together um, uh, quite frankly, I, I had a, a handicap at a different club and this was 12 years ago and decided, you know, I can do this myself and maybe save a couple bucks. Um, and so I, that, so we did that, uh, it was 2009, um, kind of accidentally grew from there. And, uh, we've now been going again, 12 years strong in Portland. We have about 6,000 members that keep their handicap with us in, in the, in Oregon. Um, and we've expanded this from you know Portland to four different markets now. We run Portland, we run events in Portland. Um, about five years years ago, we took it to Bend, um, and then uh, last season we launched a Bay Area series called NorCal Golf Guys. So uh, a little bit like it's same same but different. And then uh, in 2020, through all this stuff, we actually launched Seattle. So uh, we're now in four different markets along up uh, up and down the West Coast and. Uh, you know, we travel a little bit, we run golf tournaments, we do handicapping and have a really good time doing it. So did you know anything about running an organization like this when you guys got this idea? No, not even a little bit. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't even know we had to run. A, I didn't even know we had to run a golf tournament when we started this thing. We did it as actually to get a handicap. And, and uh, the first golf tournament we ever ran was essentially on two week notice because we read the OGA bylaws and it said that we had to host a golf tournament. So we did it. And then, uh, the second tournament we ever ran was kind of the same thing on a couple weeks notice. I was like, Hey, let's put this golf tournament together. We had, it was a, um, 
you know, the first one we had 24 players and I knew 23 of them. Uh, the second one, it was a two player event. We had 40 and I knew uh, again, just about everything. I mean, at least one of the players for just about every one of them. So uh, it wasn't until the second year that we kind of figured out, Hey, this thing is kind of cool. Let's see if we can run a series. And uh, that's where it, it kind of started to, I guess, take off from sure. there when we, when we decided to run our own series. Now you, when you do these, these tournaments and these, you've made it so that people can, um, I hate to use an over worn out term, but network with other golfers of like or similar handicaps, um, perhaps even ages in your flights and stuff. Has that been a real welcome relief versus people signing up at a, you know, particular golf course? Um, because they may not know anybody there, except, you know, they may know a couple of buddies that they golf with, but they don't really know the general populace that plays at that golf course. Is that, is that been a factor in this for you? Oh, 1000%. So we, when we, when we do pairings, I mean, we look at a lot of different things, but honestly, the, the, we get to know our players and the number one thing we, when we're, when we're pairing players up, it's more like who, who would they like to play with more than anything else? Sure. Um, so there are some players that want to goof off and drink beer with their buddies. We're going to try and pair those players up. There are some players that really want to grind and, and play a serious tournament round. We'll generally pair those players up. So, you know, handicapping will, or the, the index and your, your, your personal handicap will come into play. Uh, in a sense there, um, mm-hmm. but really it's more, it is prime. It's more, we get to know your personality and who's going to be a good match. Was this welcomed by like the OGA and, and I'm sure you've had some affiliations with USGA or whatever. Um, did they say, oh, yeah, yeah, this, this is a great totally. idea. Totally. Yeah, totally. And we try to, I mean, we also take pairing requests too. So if four buddies want to play together or if two buddies want to play together, we we're, open to that. I'm actually on the OGA board. So um, I'm on their board of directors. um, And we, you know, when we, when we go to a new market, so when we launched Washington, for example, we actually did that in partnership with Washington Gulf. Um, So we, we partner up pretty heavily, you know, same thing with the Bay area. We, we get to know the the golf association pretty well too, Mm -hmm. um, because that partnership is, is for us, probably the most important one in each area we're at. And they were all welcome, you know, with open arms to you guys. Sometimes they're not, I'm I'm not saying anything about any particular organization, (laughs) but sometimes they have this way of kind of going, who are you, you know, and what are you doing? (laughs) I I think it was, you know, it's funny at first, like I, you know, I, I will, admit that when I first called the OG and this was 12 years ago, I was like, Hey, it's Travis with Northwest golf guys. And they were like, who? Um, <laughs> but that was more me just thinking that everybody should know who I was at that point. Sure. Um, but, but on top of that, I mean, it's, it, it they, you know, the most of it, mo- most of the, um, associations that my, my experience with the golf associations are very, very good. I mean, obviously our, um, our uh, tournaments are a different brand of tournament than, than the championships that they run. And that's a, that's, a, that's okay. I mean, they're, they're, every player wants something different. Um, and I think their championships are, I mean, for the most part, they're, 
they're like they're they're amateurs or they're the Oregon Am or the, the Washington Am or the sure. Northern California Amateur. Those those are the most highly regarded tournaments in those in each area. So um, the, I mean the our our relationships with the golf associations again are probably the most important ones we have. Well, that's good. That's really really yeah. really good. And what did you do? But I'm assuming that this is takes up a lot of your time now. So. It's a, it's a full-time job at this point. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do before that? Um, you know, I, I worked sales primarily. Um, you know, I mean, the last thing I did is I, I was a marketing, I mean, I basically taught, uh, realtors and mortgage brokers how to, how to market themselves online. So sure. we, use, we still utilize a lot of that in our day to day too. Oh yeah. Well, you have to. And, and, you know, I mean, I can see where a younger guy like you would be able to do that because some of these guys have a hell of a time just turning on their computers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we, we use a lot of Instagram, a lot of social media, a lot of Facebook, Twitter, um, for our marketing, a lot of email. Um, you know, I really, I mean, the, the, we don't, most of our, most of our growth comes from word of mouth. Uh, just, you know, we try and put on a good show and hopefully, you know, one player comes and says, that was a great time. And they'll bring their buddies uh, at the next event. So that, that's where a lot of our growth comes from. And, you know, like you said, word of mouth, I think that um, uh, somebody gets in, gets happy with what you're providing them, the services and the membership and stuff. And like you said, pairings with people that, um, you know, they know or they like or they play with. That's probably actually a comfort to them versus going and playing something at a a club where they just kind of match you solely on your handicap number. For sure. That, that's, that's absolutely correct. I mean, we, you know, I, again, we try to be a little something for everybody. So if a 25 handicap shows up and again, just wants to slap the ball around and if they trip into prize money, they trip into prize money. Right. Um, that, then, then that's where we're here for them. And if a plus three that, you know, wants to really have some great competition, our, our, uh, you know, called our Jacobson flight, which is our, our, you know, zero to four to five to six, just depending on the field. Yeah. I mean, there's some incredible competition in those flights too. Oh, I bet. Uh, we're talking with Travis Schoen from Northwest Golf Guys, Golf Guys, if I say it properly. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back uh, here on Grilling at the Green in just a couple minutes. Uh, Travis has got a new project that they launched, a new member benefit, and uh, we're going to be talking about that. Stay with us. Uh, here's one that most kids like. This kid does too. Stand by. You better watch out. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Rudolph. Rudolph. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Welcome back here to Grilling at the Green on AM860 and the Golf News Network and about a gazillion platforms out there where you can hear the podcast version of the show. It is a real radio show. It is in a number of markets uh, right around here in the Northwest, but it does get converted, uh, as most pieces of media do now, to podcast versions and uh, pick everything from SoundCloud to Pandora to Captivate to iTunes and so on and so forth. Anyway, we're talking with... Um, uh, Travis Schoen here from Northwest Golf Guys. So you came out with a, or you've got, I should say, a new, what you call the Sim House. Tell us about that. 
Um, well, I've been, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I've been doing this for 12 years and I've been doing it out of a home office. So we're not, it's actually something that, uh, we take a lot of pride in is we're not the golf channel. We're not this huge conglomerate that is, uh, running tournaments strictly to, uh, pad our pockets. I mean, we, we, um, we take a lot of pride in being small and, uh, part of the growth that we have seen, I mean, we have seen a membership uh, our, our membership grow fairly significantly. So we wanted to, to a get out of my house and b create a space, um, take, take that, that move and create a space for members. Now, obviously, um, you know, the current, uh, world we live in has limited what we can do, sure. um, at this point. Um, but we've created, uh, the sim house. So it has two simulators. Um, the two golf simulators are their foresight GC Hawks foresight is kind of the hot new launch monitor um on the tour um so a lot of guys like i know phil uses it bryson uses it um yeah uh uh, ricky fowler i mean they're they're just the the names of the guys who use it is pretty endless of who uses the 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 foresight equipment now so we built two simulator bays with that same equipment um we built what we'll call our member lounge which kind of we really can't use at this point but uh, we don't care if a member has 15 minutes to kill and wants to pop in and just say hello. Uh, we don't care if, I mean, we have a little bit of a, a light retail there for, you know, we paid out $125,000 in prize money in 2020. Uh, so we wanted a small space for players to spend that. So we have that. Um, and basically just instead of us being in a office in a standard office building, we opened a space for our players and members to, to almost like, a, I mean, it's, we again we call it our member lounge so kind of just a lounge for them to come you know call their own and where is it uh it's in northwest portland so 20 uh fairly close to um montgomery park in portland 25th and upshur um and uh, it is open uh 5 a.m to 11 or to midnight for members so we will do a membership uh we do a specific membership for the sim house where mm-hmm. players can come in and use it uh, at their leisure, uh, we'll have, we have a uh, pin code access. So, or, uh, uh so we're, where we give players fobs and they can come access it, whether we're here or not. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, the, the real draws, the simulators, they're just unbelievable simulators and, uh, and they can be rent hourly. We do hourly passes. We do full on monthly memberships. We just have a bunch of different ways that players can access them. That's very cool. That's very, very cool. I know that some of the golf instructors <clears throat> around have, simulators but i think a lot of people would like to just go use one hip balls they can figure out their own readings for the most part and and sure. and do that without somebody saying okay now you're you're bringing a little too much you know out to in or whatever and we need to do this i think that's sometimes that people get um intimidated by that uh if they're if they're actually getting a lesson what's your thoughts yeah sure well, I mean, the data you can get from these things is unbeatable, right? So, I mean, you can hit a ball. I mean, ball flight obviously is a, uh, is gold too. You see a ball right. start to finish in the air. You can't replicate that in a simulator room, although they do show it on the screen and they they, they try to. Um, but the ball data that you get off of these things, why did it fly that way? Why did it turn left? Why did it turn right? I mean, you, you can't get that when you're just hitting balls at a range. And that's what you can really get from the simulators. Uh, they'll give you full ball data. They'll give you full club data. Um, we, we have a book that tells you uh, what that data means. Um, and, uh, and I mean, the, the, the information that you can get from a game improvement standpoint is 
just second to none on these machines. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you guys had to put a pretty hefty investment into getting these things there and getting this set up. Um, is the interest in it now getting to where you're not worried about getting that those expenses taken care of? <laughs> well, again, I mean, the, these are our office spaces too. So we're going to be here every day. So, I mean, we, that, you know, technically comes in a factor there too. Um, but I mean, more importantly for us, you know, obviously again, with the COVID restrictions in place, we're not necessarily able to do what we'll be able to do six months from now, hopefully fingers crossed um, with, with some of these things. But, um, but, you know, again, more, the more, the more important thing for us was giving back to the members and players who have, who have stuck with us for the last 10, 12 years. And quite frankly, that was more important to us than, than anything at the end of the day. Absolutely. Now, what does your wife think of all this? She think you're nuts when you started this? Uh, she's about 15 feet from me working in the next <laughs> office. So she's very much on board. She found the space. She, she put it together. She's, um, she's really the, she's the CEO of this whole operation. So she, uh, she's far more important to this stuff than I am. I'm just the, the face and the idea guy. Um, but, uh, no, she's very much in the thick, in, in, into this too. So, uh, no, she's, she loves it. There you go. Speaking of loving something, and we've been talking about uh, golf here, of course, here on Grilling at the Green. Here is Bruce Furman and his golf tip for the week. This is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms Golf Club. Today's tip is um, talks about, I'm going to talk about the downswing, how to start your downswing. Um, one aspect of it that a lot of people really don't realize is that when you start your downswing, you, you do start from the ground up. You start with your feet, you shift your weight forward. But as you swing down, you're going to rotate the handle of the golf club in a counterclockwise manner, and that helps you square up the face at impact. And that starts from the top of the swing. And all players have some rotation from the from the start of the downswing, and that helps you flex your wrist or get that wrist into a bowed position at impact, which de-lofts it. The, the great Mickey Wright, um, who a lot of people think maybe had the best swing of all time, wrote about this in, in, in her book, and she described it as squeezing the last two fingers of the left hand to have the club head fall behind the hands and get that rotation where you're on plane and you're and you're de-lofting the golf club and you're rotating it to square at impact. So give that a try. I think it'll help you. Thanks, Bruce. We appreciate that. Travis and I are going to be back. But next segment, you're going to get Jim Dodson up talking about his new um, profile in Global Golf Post. And then Travis and I will be back to wrap up the show. You're listening to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Test one. Why don't you give me a test, Jim, real quick? Testing one, two, three. These are the times to try them in souls. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> that is the truth, my friend. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, the Golf News Network, and 9,000 different platforms out there that you now put these shows on. We're there. Um, I want to welcome my good friend Jim Dodson, who now is a uh, senior writer. I'll put it that way. How's that? Senior writer. Yeah, that's good. That's 
senior, definitely. See, <laughs> global goalpost. <laughs> and uh, Jim's been on the show a number of times, and and um, we're going to do this every month to talk about his new story because he talks about uh, characters and curmudgeons in the world of golf. So, Jim, first of all, welcome. And secondly, what have you got for us this month? Hi, Jeff. Great to talk with you, as usual. This month, actually, I had, I had a lot of fun. I, you know, I guess the, the final resort of a, of a desperate golf writer is to write about your friends. And I've had an old friend in Charlotte forever who I'd never gotten to write about, but he, it's a perfect time to do it. His name is Ike Granger III. Now, Ike is the grandson of Ike Bates Granger I. Uh, and do you know that name? Yes. Well, you do, but your your golf IQ is quite high. <laughs> I'm guessing not not too many people. I've, I kind of did a man on the street uh, poll of my friends, and like, oh, yeah, I think I know that name, you know, but they they couldn't figure it out. I I let's start with the old man. The old man, uh, he grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina, and um, he had a golf mad mother who won the Cape Fear. This is 18. He was born in 1895, the year the USGA was formed. His, his mother was golf crazy at this brand new club called the Cape Fear Club down in Wilmington, and she became the women's champion, perennial women's champion. But she played very, you know, was very um, uh, deliberate in her playing. Her husband was also golf mad, but he played at twice her speed. So, he, as she said, he would finish, uh, he would be on the 18th hole when she was on the ninth hole yeah. in one of their rounds. So, they could never, so she, called, she called him Hit and Run Granger. That was her <laughs> nickname for her husband. Their son, Ike, I, uh, Isaac was, grew up and went to Woodbury school. And then he went on up to, then he went to uh, Princeton and then he ended up becoming a banker in North Carolina. And within a very, sh sh very short amount of time, wound up as the vice president of the chemical bank of New York. He's apparently a brilliant, brilliant man, very cultured and, and worldly. And he ends up at, uh, he ends up at, uh, at uh, the chemical bank and he, uh, is invited to be the new president of the of the old Met Golf Association in New York, and says so. And he loves the game of golf. He grew up in it. Uh, he his big thing is the rules. And that same the same year, this is 1943-44, they ask him down to the executive committee of, of the USGA. He becomes the top rail, rules guy. The thing about him is. He was so he believed in the thing called the rule of equity, um, which essentially, essentially means this: that if if there's no firm ruling written in the books, if there's no clear uh, um, rule that covers any a situation in the books, then you're, the, the the rule officials are obliged to do a fair and equitable thing using the judgment. So it's kind of a an elastic rule that is based on integrity and that what would be the right thing to do. Um, a short time later, he was naturally, um, he was, he headed up a group. This is maybe his greatest. And George Bush, the old man called this the most important uh, golf event of the century. He was on the, he headed up a committee that went to St. Andrews to negotiate the, um, the unifying of the rules between RNA and the, and the USGA. And that, that was 50, kind of 51, 50 and 52, they agreed, but it took a year to do it. And he was, what's funny is Ike three, his grandson, who's 75, by the way, 
uh, down in Charlotte. We had a wonderful afternoon at the first key organization he put up an app. And he was, we were sitting there and he was telling me about um, how, you know, the, the little footnote to that that nobody knows uh, is that, yes, his grandfather was a very suave, persuasive guy. And he, he, got, he got hammered through the unifying of the rules that makes we all play under today. But he said he also refused to leave the table until the Brits relented on the ruling against the Schenectady putter. Oh, <laughs> um, Walter Travis would had banned, and that had been enforced for like twenty, fifty-one to twenty-six or twenty-five, somewhere around there. So half, of, almost a quarter of a century, that had been banned, and he was successful. They finally relented and and removed the ban, and much to the delight of manufacturers worldwide. Um, so all those mallet putters you see today are kind of a direct result. Sure. Um. Um. Granger then, I mean, he was also, also Bill, Bill Campbell, the great, wonderful, great old character, USGA RNA member uh, and president of USGA and great amateur once said in a, in a, in a, in a meeting honoring him, honoring uh, Ike, uh, uh, he said, you know, this, no one has been involved more in some of the most important decisions in golf. Uh, it's not exactly like he finds trouble, but it finds him. And notably, 47, at uh, when Sam Snead was about to win the US, his first U.S. Open at the St. Louis, there, he was playing Lou Worsham, and they were putting on the last hole of their 18-hole playoff. Sam had about a two-footer, uh, and Worsham had about a um, foot and a half. Um, the, the, you know. It, the tie basically they both made the putts but sam sam stepped up the putt and just as he just as he was about to take the putter back Worsham cried out sam let's get we need a mark on that i think i'm away and uh you see there's a famous photograph of sneed stepping back away for ike granger to come and summon to, to, to do the measurement and as he said to me and he said to other words he knew that that uh you could any any idiot could look at it and see that he was away it was just he believed gamesmanship on Lou Worsham's part. Lou Worsham, by the way, who was the older brother of uh, Buddy Worsham, who was Arnold Palmer's roommate at Wake Forest. Right. Um, that, so it was pretty interesting. Um, anyway, he missed the putt. Sam makes misses the putt. Worsham makes his. He wins the Open. The second one, Sneed felt robbed of. The first one was in '39 at spring. Um, oh, of course, in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Athletic Club. Uh, a spring meadow, spring, spring mill, and uh, when Byron won, and said he, uh, Sam, just his whole career felt really snake bitten about the U.S. Open. He <laughs> lost basically, basically four of them that he had in his hands. So that was the second one, and he referred to it as the most bitter one because he was sure he'd won, he would make it, and he was. Um, yep. The other is a flash ahead to uh, 1950 at Marion, and there's uh, there's another 18 hole playoff, Lloyd Mangum and. Ben Hogan in there on the 16th hole, and Mangrum double marks his ball. Uh, he marks it first as for, as as, um, as Hogan was making his his, uh, his his trying to make a birdie, and he puts it up. And then Mangrum picks his up, remarks it because there's a bug on it, and he puts his putter down and picks up the ball and blows the bug off it. And that was a very obscure rule about you can't double mark unless it's your turn to play. And so he was penalized two strokes and Hogan goes on to immortality. He wins, you know. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Is the open. Yeah. So, you know, and lastly, the one that a lot of people don't realize that Granger was in the middle of was the was the uh, Roberto DiVincenzo on his 45th birthday, the Masters. He he goes around the course on an 18 leading, and the fans of the patrons are singing happy birthday to him. Gets finishes. He's got. Um, he finishes and signs an erroneous. His partner, his playing partner, kept an erroneous mark down a five where he had a four. Right. And he lost the green jacket. So, yep. you know, he was really an, a man, an amazing guy. Um, he taught also, also, he also designed the, the first uh, putting green at the White House for Eisenhower. Um, and he, the, Walt, the Ike Granger Award is given to this day. Right. And USGA. Uh, to, to, to the USGA. So, Anyway, his grandson, wonderful, wonderful guy, uh, lives in Charlotte, and I've known him for years. And he, he really helped create. He, it was his, his passion for youth that created took a, an old golf course in the western part of the city where where Charlie Sifford used to play. It was ironically built by a man or built on land. A man stipulated no African Americans could play. Uh, it became kind of the, the, the African American neighborhood golf course where Sifford and others played. And today, um, Ike and, and Mac, Mac Everett, who ran the, the Wells Fargo for 16 years, they raised $2.7 million and they redid the clubhouse and they turned it into an absolutely beautiful first tee facility. It's out now, Global Golf Post. And uh, Jim's going to be doing uh, a column every month. And we're going to be profiling it every month. So, Jim, thanks for being with us today. I'm grilling at the green. Oh, my pleasure, Jeff. Always. No worries. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to um, Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, the beef way nature intended, and Ben Hogan Golf, tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. You can check them out online at benhogangolf.com. We're talking with Travis Schoen here from Northwest Golf Guys. Um, you know, this some of this sounds like a pretty good Christmas present, Travis, and, and we are in the Christmas season here. How do people find you? What's the cost involved? Um, how do they play? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's a few different things we've talked about. So like membership wise, for example, it just kind of depends on where you are. So uh, Portland, Seattle, Bend, we're at North, nwgolfguys.com. So northwestgolfguys.com. That's got our, um, that's got our uh, membership information. We don't generally launch 2021 and, or the, the new season until January, but we are likely to launch a little early this year and, and probably quite frankly, before uh, we get to the holiday season, um, as far as tournaments, I mean, we have a winter series schedule that's going right now and our 2021 season will drop uh, kind of the same time frame next week or two. Sure. Um, for all of those, uh, NorCal golf guys, it's NorCalGolfGuys.com, kind of the same thing. Uh, and then the sim house, we have another website, the simhouse.com, which is actually accessible from our, our Northwest website as well. So the simhouse.com. Um, Pricing wise, our memberships are in the range of sixty to one hundred dollars, just depending on which option you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, tournaments generally range, and again, that just depends. I mean, we uh, a local event in the winter, we were sixty bucks for OGA uh, on Saturday. 
Um, we're generally in that $80 price range in Portland. Um, depending on where you go, we can go up. We just dropped Pebble Beach uh, on Friday. We're, we're doing our first ever uh, trip to Pebble Beach. And obviously that gets up there a little bit more. Um, oh, yeah. At the Sim House, we're, you know, again, we have so many different options. Um, a mem- monthly membership is about $200 a month, maybe a touch more if you go month to month. Um, and uh, and then our, our hourlies, it just we, depends on whether you want to book one hour or if you want to book a package. Yeah. Um, so there's, they're kind of all over the board there, but you, we, we, because we have such a diverse membership base, we wanted to give as many different options as possible. Well, and it costs money to make those fobs. I know that. So, sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. it's it's true. And, you know, you've got to make sure that everyone gets the proper one. I'm not being a smart aleck because we have them just to get <laughs> in the studios and stuff. And so you got to, there's actually some tracking that's involved in that to make sure everything's going right. So I completely understand right, that. Right, right. Did you yeah. did you expect back in 2007, 2009, whenever you put this together some at some point back there that it would ever get to this point? Not even a little bit. I mean, I, I kind of mentioned earlier, I, I consider this a happy accident and I still treat it like that. I still treat it like it wasn't supposed to work. I still treat it like it was an accident. I think that's part of the reason why it does work. Um, Cause we're not just out here, um, you know, to, to, we didn't, we didn't start a business on purpose and most businesses are started on purpose. They're, they, they, that's, they, that's the first thing that they put on top of mind is how am I going to make this thing work? And we, right we still treat it like it's not supposed to work. So we kind of have this carefree attitude about us. I think at the end of the day uh, makes it hum even a little bit more. You sound happy, Travis. You you do sound happy. I am. I love, I love what I do. I don't play a lot of golf anymore, but I do love what I do. Isn't that the damnedest thing? Because when you get really involved in the, in the golf business, pretty soon you're not playing very much golf anymore. You're busy doing other things to promote golf and, you know, whatever. I mean, I I talked to uh, David Stead down in Langdon. He's a good friend of mine. And I talked to him. It's like, when's the last time you played? He goes, Oh, like six months ago. (laughs) It's just, yeah. You you know, what's funny is when I do play though, I get to play, you know, I mean, I'm going to play Pebble beach in July. I can, I can promise you, I'm not going to go to Pebble beach and run a tournament and not play it. Right. So, um, you know, I played abandoned dunes of the world. Yesterday we were at chambers Bay yesterday. And while I didn't play 18, I, uh, at the end of the day, and this could get me in a little bit of trouble with Chambers Bay, but I, uh, almost treated Chambers like my own little sheep ranch, uh, which although it's yep. not sheep ranch is, is, is now a golf course as opposed to what it was before. But I was just almost, I mean, I got, I went out there by myself as everybody was kind of finishing up and just smacked the ball around the course and kind of took it wherever I wanted. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there, there are some benefits and, and, you know, I still love the game and want to play as much as possible. I don't play as much as I used to, but, uh, but when I do, it's, it's pretty epic. Travis Schoen, Northwest golf guys, look them up online. Um, if you're looking for something that, uh, you know, a Christmas gift or a father's day gift or what have you birthday, and you're not sure what to get them, this may be just the thing. And women can join too, right? One th- yes, absolutely. So we uh, have a club, Northwest golf gals, our tournaments, um, our tournaments are, uh, combined. So we don't, uh, there, 
So uh, men and women do play in every single event we host. Um, and, and yeah, absolutely. There you go. Well, Travis, thanks for being with us today. We'll be back next week with another edition of, uh, I was going to say Northwest Golf Guys, but actually grilling at the green. The holidays <laughs> are coming up, so you're going to get a couple of best of shows. Hope everybody has a great holiday season, and we'll all talk to you soon. Thanks, Travis. Yeah, thank you. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.